0: Hello, friend. You're listening to Our Mission Path. I'm Timothy Downing. Today's cultural insight has to do with a classless versus class society. In general, North America, the United States, is considered a classless society. Now, that does not mean that if you look at our media or our politicians, you might come away saying, well, those people have no class. No, actually what that means is that we live in a way in which class has less to do with your life's outcome. But here in Ecuador, you are born into a class, and that class will have a lot to do with how your life turns out. Class is a hard thing to describe, especially from the North American mindset. Here in Ecuador, things that you have little to no control over by accident of birth will indeed determine how successful you can be, where you will end up in life, what you will do for a job. All of that is determined, at least in large part, by class. If you were born with a certain skin color the least likely you are to succeed because you are boxed into a class and you will not be given any opportunity because of that skin color. Wealth is another determining factor in class. If you have wealth or you appear to have wealth, doors are opened for you. Appearance is such an important thing here that many of our friends will carry with them a little bit of shoe polish and a rag in their pocket. And before they go into a meeting or before they go into a, uh, a store, they will take the time to shine their shoes because they know that they will be judged and some opportunities will not be given to them if they have shoes with dust all over them or mud and so you always make sure that you present your best here in Ecuador. Otherwise, the class system prevents you from succeeding. This is confusing for many North Americans. Most of us would look at putting somebody in a box or not giving them opportunity just because of skin color or because of, of wealth or because of privilege as an, a negative thing. But here, it's just part of the social order. It's not considered negative. It's not considered wrong. It's not considered right. It just is. We have a hard time understanding that from a North American perspective because we grew up in a land of laws, not of men. In other words, it shouldn't really matter who you are. If you break the law in the United States, there should be justice for you. Now, we can argue about that a little bit, but in general, that system is better in the United States than I have seen it here in Ecuador. Ecuador is obviously a nation of men, not of laws. If you are of a certain standing, you can get away with pretty much anything. The vast majority of human history reflects the way that Ecuadorians see class and see society and order society through class. The Enlightenment and classical liberalism and the Judeo-Christian worldview has much to do with how the United States became what it is, a classless society as opposed to a society in which your life outcome is already determined by the accident of your birth. The common thought throughout history was that there needed to be a king. There needed to be a structure that is based on class so that we can keep order in all of society. After all, the simpletons in the lower classes don't even know how to organize their own lives, and so there had to be somebody who was in charge of society. But the Enlightenment thought of emergent order has been a gift to the North American society, even though probably most of us don't know what emergent order is. Emergent order is basically this— that we can be self-determining. We don't need a divinely appointed king. We don't need a class system that keeps order in society. Instead, we believe that society will order itself when all are considered equal. Not equal outcome, but equal opportunity. Although we may not have reached that in the United States, We have, as a whole, reached that pretty well. In a class society, the minority is never protected. In the United States, the minority is always protected. That's because we do not have a hierarchy of better people and lesser people. It's also because we do not have a direct democracy. Because if we had a direct democracy, we would not protect the minority. Now, a simple majority would overthrow the minority. A simple majority would abuse the minority and actually put them into a class system once again. Remember the classical illustration of a direct democracy. A direct democracy is simply two wolves and one sheep deciding on what to have for dinner. The vote never goes the way the sheep wants it to go. A representative republic always protects the minority. It doesn't do it perfectly, but it does do that. The idea as well in North America is that rights come from God. That there are rights that government does not grant. Rights that are are from the creator. If a government gives you a right, a government can take that right away from you. If God gives you a right, if your rights are from divine origin, well then, no one can take that away from you. I mention rights because in a class society, rights are more frequently enjoyed by the upper class. The lower class, well, they get whatever rights the upper class decides to give them. On the currency of the United States, which we use here in Ecuador, by the way, we are on the U.S. dollar, we read the Latin words, e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. And that really illustrates the idea that America is founded on, that anyone, no matter what your background is, rich or poor, black or white, slave or free, eventually, no matter what your background was, you could succeed in the United States because out of the many, out of the masses, we have one ideal. This ideal of the American experience of equality in a classless society. By the way, from a missionary perspective, from the outside looking in, I see a few things as being pretty dangerous politically. I tend to try not to speak about politics. Because both Democrats and Republicans, Independents and Libertarians, the Green Party and the Constitutionalists, they all need Jesus. And he's my focus. Let me highlight one thought that we should all be against. It's intersectionality. The idea that because I can prove I'm a bigger victim than you are from the past sins and egregious abuses and the failing to live up to the, the American ideal, then I should somehow be able to to have those opportunities that were missed by my ancestors. Um, all of that's kind of just silliness. And it puts people back into a class society. Whereas we try not to look at skin color or not to look at ethnicity, or not to look at wealth, or privilege, or any of that. Honestly, when we start checking off the intersectional checklist, we end up making our society into a class society. Well, you're of a class that has been privileged in the past, so you have no opportunity today. Or you're of a class that was not privileged in the past, so you have all the opportunity today. No matter what kind of person you are. So instead of judging on merit, when we base decisions on intersectionality, and quite frankly, that just puts us back into the Ecuadorian idea of a class society. I'd rather be classless. How does class affect the church in Ecuador? Well, there are definitely cultural issues that flow in and out of the church, and we must be on guard against cultural principles that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In John seventeen eleven, Jesus gives us these words as he prays to his Father in heaven. He says, I will no longer be in the world. But they, that is, the disciples, are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Now, this idea that Jesus puts out in his prayer, that we need to be one as his disciples, It precludes the idea of a class society. We can't be one if we're looking at the intersectionality chart of victimhood. We can't be one if we divide each other into classes. If we say, well, you're rich and you're poor, and therefore I listen to you and I don't listen to you. If we say you were born privileged as a North American and your passport can get you into any country or most of them, and you were born poor in Latin America, and so your passport doesn't get you past your border. And therefore, I value this brother in Christ over the other brother in Christ. It's just silliness. We can't do that. We are one. We are one in spirit. We are one in expression of Jesus Christ. We are one. The Apostle Paul takes the thought that Jesus has and he expands on it. He writes these words in Romans chapter 3, verse 22. And this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction. Paul further elucidates this idea in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, we don't stand in condemnation between each other. We don't look at another brother or sister in Christ and judge them because of station in life or because they were born this way or that, the class that they are in. All of that has to go out the window because in Christ there is no condemnation. And that means. That we dare not judge, not one another. We dare not judge. In Galatians chapter three, starting with verse twenty-seven, we read these words from Paul as he further elucidates this truth: For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male. Nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What Paul is doing there is he is saying that there is no class order in the body of Christ. We have been baptized into Jesus Christ. We claim him. He is our class. And so in the church, we try to be classless. Do we perfect it? Well, the church is full of people, and so no, we don't. But we at least have a standard to live up to. This standard we hope to import to the society around us not just in Ecuador, but in North America and in all of the world. Why? Because if we live as Christ taught us to live, we don't judge our brothers or sisters, and we certainly don't judge on basis of silly things like station in life or accident of birth or skin color or bank account size. When we live up to the principles of Jesus Christ, it's a bitter society all around. So here in Ecuador, the church is trying to live in a classless way. Our hope for you today is that you also live classlessly. As Angelita, Timothy, Esperanza, Ezekiel, Elias, and Adelena all serve Jesus Christ alongside of myself here in Ecuador. We are tempted. Why? Well, because we stepped out of a classless society. When we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ, we see them as absolutely equal to us. However, society dictates that Ecuadorians would look at us because we're North Americans and also because we're missionaries. They elevate us. They put us on a pedestal speaking as a fallen creation who has been redeemed by Jesus Christ but still struggles from time to time. It is difficult to be put on a pedestal and still continue to think of yourself as equals with everyone else. And so, dear friend, could you pray for us in this way, that we will always look at our brothers and sisters as equal, not of ourselves more highly than we ought to, but instead with humility, that we will love one another and love each other the way Christ loved us. Today's podcast was voiced by me, Timothy Downing. It was produced by my daughter, Esperanza Downing. If you would like to know more about our ministry in Ecuador, please go to OurMissionPath.com. That's O-U-R-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-P-A-T-H dot com. And as always, thanks for listening. God bless.